What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in my makeshift studio uh, with a very special guest, Jessica. What's up, Jessica? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm actually pretty excited, to be honest with you. So it's a bittersweet, um, this is a bittersweet episode, because if you did not listen to the last episode, our prior episode, you need to go listen to it right now before you go any further on this one. If you're up to date, then you would know that uh, that Rosie is taking a break. He's on a hiatus. He's uh, got some stuff he's dealing with in life, and he wanted to take a break from the podcast. And we weren't sure what we were going to do. And the only thing that I knew that God was telling me and Rosie through, de facto through um, other people as well was that the podcast needed to continue to go forward. And so, um, and so. You had already been on as, uh, as a guest with us several times, and so it's probably no surprise to anyone that, that we have asked you to take that spot and to fill that role. So, hey, you know, I'm not going to ask you to do did you knows. <laughs> that, I could never do them like Rosie did. That's right. He is, that is, he's the king of did you knows, and I wouldn't even want to try anyways if I were you. But... Um, but I'm excited because I think the couple episodes that we've had on with you, um, not only has have they been dynamic and just really fun to talk about, and I just think that your perspective, uh, the things that you've that you research and your opinion on things, it's I think it really matters. And to have that in the voice of All Out War to me is like awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, you were already on the team before Rosie left. I think we alluded to that, but, uh, and I think, you know, every, this is, you're not the first, right? Just like, it's like, um, it started off with me, Rosie and this guy named Cody. And then he went and did his thing. And then it was me and Rosie. And then it was me, Rosie. And then we had Rachel in for a while and then Rachel had to, to go her way. And then it was like me and Rosie again. And then it was like, you know, you came around and then Rosie leaves and so yeah. I don't know what happens if I leave. Like, <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> what's uh, what's just incredible about this is that um, I had this year had it in. I was praying to God, and I had had the thought, I want a podcast. Um, but it was one of those like, okay, God, if you want me to do a podcast, I am not starting that by myself and <laughs> someone's going to have to do it for me and I'm just going to need to show up. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> See how God works? It's amazing. <laughs> and that's that's how he's been with this whole thing for, for the last five years, literally. Um, it just, it's just, he works his, it's all him. It's all him. Mm-hmm. So it's so much fun. Well, we're excited because, I mean, I mean, I'm excited. I know our listeners are going to be excited. And tonight, you're going to share something special with us. But before we jump into that, I got to make my famous saying that I always say, which is to sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, 
wonder if we should get new music <laughs> in this new phase. Uh, so slow because I, I listen to my podcast so fast that it's so weird to hear it slow like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do that. I have some friends that listen to podcasts on two times speed and I can't do it. It's hard for me. I guess you just got, you're a quick listener, I guess. I was just, I was just doing a podcast for history for my, my kiddos for homeschool and it was double time and they're like, mom, we can't understand this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've tried. It's just, I can't do it. But so <laughs> tonight you're going to share your testimony and this is like a get to know Jessica <laughs> episode. And I think it's the perfect way to start off with you, um, you know, coming in in the co-host chair, because I think that um, it'll be good. There's things I don't know, you know, and uh, sure. it's it's kind of crazy. Um, we're still getting to know each other, like our, our families. I mean, listeners don't know this. You live like 10 hours away <laughs> from, from where Rosie and I are. So uh, it's a long ways away. But um, mm-hmm. thank God for technology, even though it's given us trouble tonight. But so... <laughs> Oh, I know. Every time, every time you've been on, it's been a, an issue. Yeah. It's a sign. So, well, <laughs> I'm gonna just I'm gonna kick it over to you. Yeah. Um, this is something. Having my testimony out there, there's people that have asked me um, on my Instagram account, like messages, like, "Oh, why don't you tell us your your testimony?" And it's just not something I've ever um, done publicly. It's a, uh, it's, it's a whole other thing. It's one thing to be like sitting on one on one and talking to somebody about it, but um, for all to hear, there's, just, you know, it's your life. <laughs> but um, I just thought it was kind of a perfect time to share what I want to share about it, <laughs> and have a, a little background for people to know where I where I come from. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll say that um, in all the testimonies that I have, I have heard and encountered, there's always been like um, one or two themes of lies in the in the person's life, and I'll say that um, one of my biggest that I had a theme of was that I was abnormal, like I was just different than everyone. Mm. And two is that um, God was a great God. He just forgot about me. Oh, wow. Like, just not for me. Like, I was invisible. And that has just carried on. And there's times in my life where I it still, like, rises to the surface, you know, and it's just something that I um, personally have dealt with. But, um Whew. Anyway, so um, I think that will those things will probably make sense with <laughs> my story. Um, but uh, just taking it way back, I was um, a, a child that my my parents divorced. They married young, um, had a baby young, um, split up when I was eight months old. So my whole childhood was week on, week off custody, like a week this house, one week that house. And they were severely <laughs> different houses, like completely different houses. So 
um, in one, um, my dad married real quick after he got um, a divorce with my mom. Um, to my stepmother, they had a baby right away. She already had a child. So I had, you know, on that side, a half sister and a stepsister. And then um, my mom had gotten married and I had a, so I had a stepdad and eventually a half brother in, um, but on my dad's side, my stepmother was unfortunately, um, something that they didn't really see until a few years later, but like, um, she had one of the worst cases of bipolar disorder, apparently from what one of the asylums have said about her, but, um, she was, um, atheist and absolutely extremely verbally abusive to me and manip- manipulative, which was something that I hadn't even wrapped my head around that like, oh, like I'm not being physically abused. I'm fine. Um, but um, y'all, if you were ever verbally abused, like you need healing from that. It's a real thing. It messes with your mind and um I hope that um, if anything, any, anybody's struggling with that, go get some help with that because um, you need it. <laughs> I needed it very much. But um, so my, my my dad had, was raised Christian. Um, I wasn't. Um, he, you know, got married and there wasn't religion with my stepmother. So and then on my mom's side, they weren't. Um, I think my grandparents on my mom's side were Catholics at some point, but like, it was just nothing. It wasn't a, an important thing for me to grow up in. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing. (laughs) Um, except for when I saw my grandparents at my dad's side, like we'd spend the night Saturday night and I had to go to the church in the morning because if you're at your grandma's house, you have to be at church with the foo-foo dress up in the morning. Um, anyway, so, um, it was about when I was eight, we, we went to church at Easter and I was, I think it was around eight years old. And, um, I had always been curious about God. Um, like if there is a savior out there, like I want it because <laughs> I, I was having a horrible time, <laughs> um, at eight years old still, like it was like, this was my life. Um, anyway, so I, I did an altar call. My grandma, I was standing next to my grandma in church on Easter, and my my stepmom and my dad were there because they'd go on Easter. Um, and um, the, the pastor, you know, was doing the, you know, give your life to Jesus and get baptized. And I'm like, yeah, I want in on this. And I, <laughs> if you knew me as a child, like this was just like I was introvert wolf like flower like please let me be invisible please don't like I don't want to like stir the pot or I was always walking on eggshells basically like I didn't um I was very quiet very introverted um perfect didn't do do anything wrong kind of thing and that's not just me saying that you can talk to my parents and they will say (laughs) the same thing (laughs) but um anyway so I I got up and was just like, okay, I'm walking down. And this is a big church. (laughs) 
I walk on and they, my grandma follows me and they take me into the room and it's like talking about baptism. And I'm like, so excited. Like, this is what I need in my life. This is what is going to save me mm-hmm. from the crap that I was living through. And, um, anyway, I didn't, wasn't able to get baptized. My, I don't know what happened. Like they said, I needed to go like my stepmom or whatever. So we went home and we're going up the stairs, me and my sisters. And she says, um, she, she says to my sisters, go get dressed, um, for the day, like get out of your church clothes. And I said, what, what about me? And she said, um, well, it seems to be like, um, you're making your own decisions these days that I never got baptized. Wow. They wouldn't let me get baptized. Um, um, so that was like my first like encounter with God that I wasn't able to reach him. Like I wanted him and I couldn't have him. Hmm. Um, so Let's see. So through that, um, I feel like I... Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Just for a quick question. Did you you pray to receive Christ? Yeah. Oh, good. That night, that's what I I did. Um, Like, if you're real, please, (laughs) please come into my heart. And I believe... um, Till this day, I still believe like that was the de- night I was sealed for heaven. That was, yeah, that was when it happened. Um, so through middle school, though, um, going through like uh, I got into the wrong crowd and I got into dressing gothic. And my favorite store was Hot Topic, and um, <laughs> I just. I wanted to disappear and the goths, no one ever messed with them. Like it was just, you know, and they were accepting. They were like, I don't care who you are. You can hang out with us, like behind the library. Like (laughs) it was just somewhere where I could disappear and no one, and everybody would leave me alone and I could just read my books, you know? Hmm. But, um, uh, I, you know, got into like within all of that, it's completely demonic. Like there's, um, I went to Oz Fest and, uh, um, uh, my favorite bands were Corn, System of a Down, like that era <laughs> when they were super popular. Um, I saw Rob Zombie, like in a mosh, when I was in a mosh pit, I was like front and center Rob Zombie and he had 666 all over his stage. And I'm like, in that, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that's, I, I, I know that's wrong, but it's just art, right? Like, um. <laughs> Marilyn Manson um, shredding the Bible right in front of me. Like, mm. it's just, I just, it was like a justification, even though I knew, you know, like there was always this nagging thing behind me. Like, there's always something calling me the whole time, you know. But um, with week on, week off with my, my custody situation, um, my stepmother was so controlling, I couldn't wear what I wanted. I had to wear, um, whatever she picked out. And I mean, even until middle school and I had to have a separate backpack. I had to have, um, it was just ridiculous. Like she controlled every aspect of my life. And so on my mom's side, my mom was like, she knew 
what I was dealing with over there and like kind of let, let me free. So mm-hmm. I was like, could you imagine a kid showing up at pink one week and goth the next? <laughs> like people did not get me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll send confusion to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, anyway, I, um, and as if being a teenager is not hard enough either, right? Already. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was difficult. Um, I didn't fit in anywhere. And um, that's why I read books during lunch. <laughs> mm. um, and uh, got really, really good grades because I just, you know, like, and the, the way I got, if I got good grades, no one, no one at home would be messing with me like just staying under the radar keeping my head down and every single day my dream was like I could not wait till I was 18 like Mm. I could just I can just leave I don't have to be under the control of my parents whims or mistakes or whatever was going on in their life um so um high school started and um I instantly get into a toxic, awful relationship with um, a football player in high school, and um, it was now it's horrible. There was there was at times where it was like almost physically abusive, and um, I I didn't know any like it's hard to say like I didn't know, but I I I didn't like I wasn't going to church. I wasn't at, like my church day was like when I was eight and I gave my life to the Lord, I knew he was real and I would, I would pray a lot, but that was the extent of it. And, um, I, I really looked up to my grandparents, um, because they seemed so secure and solid, um, and just seemed like they had their life together. Like it was just like a slow, sweet, solid life. And I'm, I'm like, that's, that's what I want, you know, and they knew Jesus and that's what I equated it to. But, um, Hmm. so, but anyway, so in, in high school was going, um, headfirst into a bad relationship and, um, I didn't have any of the Christian morals, I'll say like drinking drugs, um, being promiscuous. Like it wasn't, it wasn't something that was, um, bad Hmm. in my mind. Wasn't, it was just, it was fun and, um, I got good grades and, um, yeah, that was, that was the extent of it. Like I, I was a good person and got good grades and I could, I was mature enough to, I felt like I was mature enough to handle anything because I had to grow up myself and take care of myself in that way. Um, um, mature wise, like I couldn't mess up. <laughs> um, so in high school, um, I got through it because of that and, you know, the fallout with, there was a lot of fallouts with that guy, but, um, uh, I went into a se- severe depression, but, um, with the first fallout, uh, my stepmom was part of it and she was very angry at me for being so sad all the time. And like, it was just, um, not exciting for her, but, um, it was shortly after that though, 
she had had an affair and my, my dad had caught her. And so they divorced over that. And I, <laughs> I got my freedom. Like my dad got this big house right by my high school and I could have friends over all the time. And I had a pool table in my living room and I was just <laughs> living it up. Like it was the best thing. And um and my mom, you know, she was um she was a single mom from the majority of my childhood and she um you know, she she had a divorce with my stepdad, I don't even I think it was seven or eight, but it wasn't it wasn't anything that I remember being awful. Like I I remember them handling it very well for me. And um and my brother, um just from my, my perspective, maybe, maybe it was bad, but I had so much other crap going on. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but anyway, so she was, you know, always, um, single mom in it and getting, getting it done. Like she was working and, um, we would have to, we'd live in like really tiny apartments, um, around the area just to keep me in the district that my dad had me in, um, had lived in and, um, for my school and, there was times when we had to like move back to my Nana's house, which I absolutely loved because that was my family. Like, um, my, she, my mom has three brothers and they were just my world, my uncles. And, um, they were all younger. So they were all at my Nana's house. And anyway, it was kind of my, my refuge. But, um, so it was, even though it was messy on my mom's side, it was still, it, it was, it was my, it was my safe place really. Yeah. Um, so, but when my dad had divorced my mom, I had like, that was out of me. Like, okay, I don't, I don't have to go and be in one bedroom apartments. I don't have, like, I had, you know, the life over here. And so I like, I, I said like, Hey, I'm going to be living with my dad more, like more and I'll see you every other weekend or something. And, um, anyway, but, um, I got into, um, just, I crowd even deeper and just spiraled. It was just like one of those, um, I got what I wanted. She was, she was out of my life. Like my stepmom, like, and, um, I could do whatever I want and still get good grades. So no one can talk to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, she, uh, tailspin. It was bad. It was, she spiraled, um, worse and she got into, well, she was always doing, I don't know, always, but from what I remember, her room always smelled like pot. And I didn't realize this, what the smell was until I went to OzFest the first time. <laughs> I'm like, wait. <laughs> um, so she got into like harder drugs, and I don't actually know the one of choice, but her, all of her bones started breaking and, um, mm. she just got really weak and she, um, uh, she had deals. It was, it was really hard to get the, it was hard to get the news that, um, they were divorcing only because of my sister. And I was very, I was like protective over my sister and, um, that was really hard, but, um, so that was a lot going on in that sense of like, um, uh, I was, you know, back and forth with this guy and I, and then, um, the, that divorce happened. So I was separated from my sister and, 
um, I didn't know who my friends were. And I started um, not being able to eat. Mm. Uh, I lost a lot of weight. This was the summer of my sophomore year, I believe. I lost a lot of weight and I like, I just remember being in bed like it was summer and my dad was, you know, at work all, all the time. And I was just in my bed, um, completely miserable, um, not being able to, to move some days. And, um, and my dad would come home and he'd be like, did you eat anything today? Like, can you eat? Like trying to get me to eat and wow. like he didn't, he didn't know what to do. And, um, uh, I had had it one day. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is the sad part, but um, I was skin and bone at this point. And um, I had, uh, I looked down at my hands and they were just skeletons. Like, I was just like, I'm going to wither away and die anyway mm. I may as well do it now so I had it in my mind that I was going to kill myself and um, I just I had a plan and everything it was just this was it like there was no point in being here um hold on mm. <laughs> um yeah but in that moment Huh? I was gonna take your time. Yeah, I don't want to like do crying voice through this whole thing. So you guys, I'm trying to help you, and you guys understand. <laughs> no. I'm a crier, I don't know if y'all know about that, but I cry all the time. Oh. <laughs> right. Um. So I was like on my knees, looking at my hands, and they were skeletons, and I had playing my head, and I heard that little nagging voice that I have felt my whole life. And it said, why don't you just try this church up the street? Mm. There was a church up the street. Like literally, I was, we were at that point, we were in a two bedroom apartment. We, um, me and my dad. And um, so I was like, in my head, I was like, fine, I, I can do that. What, like, what, there's nothing to lose here. And I'll just, I'll go this Sunday and, and then I can literally come home and do it. I had that like in my head, like Monday, my dad goes to work. I can do it. Mm. And, uh, and then that point, my my dad had already started going back to church. Um, after he got divorced and he got really into, into church. And, um, I even, I kind of resented that a little bit because I'm like, where was this my whole life? You know, mm. um, love my dad. Um, I'm not, that's what's hard about testimonies is that, like, <laughs> there's this one quote that um, one of my favorite authors had said that um, um, if they didn't want to be part of the story, they should have acted better. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's <laughs> <laughs> part of my story, y'all. <laughs> I have a good relationship with my dad. I love him. Um, so... Sunday, I went up there with my, my, my dad and um, I went to the youth group and I was just immediately surrounded. And, you know, I'm not a people person, especially back then. I was just very much an introvert, very much not wanting to be around people. Mm. <laughs> and uh, 
um, especially just because I always felt so abnormal. Like I just, ah, what am I going to, no one's going to connect with me. I'm just different than everybody. And so especially church people, like in, in high school, um, I mean, the church people in high school, they were sweet, but I'm like, this little Bible verse that you just handed to me is not doing anything for me. <laughs> they, had, they had their little, like that was their little outreach, you know, on Valentine's Day, they would, I remember them handing out cards and, um, <laughs> their, <laughs> with their Bible, but, um, they, they all had their little benches, like every, you know, the mean girls, how like everybody had their own tables, like it was definitely like that like christians had their little benches and the goths had their place by the library and um football players were up on the hill which was so weird because i wasn't accepted onto that hill even though my boyfriend was on there um because i was goth but um so anyway um i went up to this church and they surrounded me and they had said that um, they're all talk- they're all excited because like the next week was their church camp. Mm. They're they all talking about it, and um, someone said one of the girls had said like, "Oh, we have an extra spot." And I'm like, <laughs> "One no," um, and then two, my dad doesn't even have the money for it. My dad was um, working three jobs. He's always been just such a hard worker and but like the court system screwed him over um the the court like he (laughs) that's a whole other story but like he would go to my stepmom's house to get my sister and um she would attack him and like this one time she she attacked him and he left and she called the cops and he went to jail and that was like my homecoming my homecoming weekend i couldn't go to homecoming because he was in jail. Oh, um, I, was, I was at my grandma's house and um, yeah, I didn't know if he would come out. And it was really, that was another really hard part of my life. But uh, so he had, you know, he had gone to court and everything, but like until, until he could fight all of this, like he was paying my stepmom, like more than half his paycheck because of alimony and child support. And while she was spending it all on drugs and, um, you know, going to trying to kill herself every once in a while. Like, I think there was, that was my first homecoming in freshman year. Like, um, uh, my dad, he had to take her to the hospital. She, she got, she got picked up by an ambulance because she tried to kill herself. Um, Wow. It was. She was always doing something around important times in my life. Like that was my home. I was getting ready for homecoming, and that happened. Um, anyway, so then the next year, the next homecoming, he's in jail because she, because of her. Um, anyway, it's just it, it was. It's a mess. Mess of a mess. It's, I'm not going to even dive deeper into that. But um. Uh. So I forgot. So I went to. You were going to walk up to up. You were going to kill yourself. You 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 made a plan. You were going to go to church. You walked up the street. Yeah, and um, yeah. So they wanted me to go to their um, church camp, and I didn't want to. And so my excuse was, "Oh, my dad can't pay for it." Um, (laughs) 
and they're like, well, <laughs> we have scholarship. Like, Come on. <laughs> they were all very positive and happy and energetic, and that was just not me. And it's, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go, but my dad was super excited for me to go. So, um, so a week later, I am on this bus going up to this camp with nobody that I know, like no one, <laughs> 16 years old. Um, anyway, so I, I'm at this camp and no, still like these, I mean, they're the sweetest girls and like they, I kind of, I kind of feel a little bit about what I was going through at that time. I mean, it was pretty noticeable. So it's like hard to like, like I was, I was 20 pounds underweight at that point. Um, the doctors were all convinced I was anorexic, but it was truly that I was completely depressed and didn't know how to eat. Like I wanted to, it was just, um, it, it, um, it wasn't because I wanted to be skinny or like, and that's actually, um, kind of a, stigma thing like that's that's not actually why most people have eating disorders because they want to be skinny like that's not it it's a it's a brain thing but um mm-hmm. anyway so I I told them a little bit about what I was going through and they every single meal they sat around the table until I was finished and they like got my <laughs> mind on other things and um I, I don't know if the girls knew what to do with me. Um, I wasn't like invited to go like paintballing and like all of the fun camp stuff, nor did I want to do any of that stuff. Like I just wanted to be in my sleeping bag and sleeping all day. And, um, but there's this one time that I ventured off and I sat on a swing by myself and this friend, um, this girl I didn't know at that point <laughs> turned out she was, she became my best friend after this, but um, she sat down on the swings and, um, and just listened. Hmm. And she just, she just asked me if I was okay. I don't even remember the whole conversation, but she was there. Like she just sat with me and um, that's what I needed. Hmm. And Jesus, I needed that. So she, um, <laughs> I had a lot going on, obviously. And so she um, uh, brought me to one of the leaders to talk to one of the leaders. And I sat down with the leader and she, she talked, she talked through about, cause I was saying, you know, I have known about God since I was eight, but like, um, look at me now, look what I've done. Like, um, mm. and he's not even paid attention to me this whole time anyway. Um, but you know, I have not been living a Christian life <laughs> at, by any means. And um, she had told me that I was this, like this slate was white clean. Like, like you just that. Like that's just that's just done. And um, that I was as as white as snow. And that was like, I think that was like a famous, there was a song with Ida Snow in it um, back then, but I listened to it on repeat (laughs) (laughs) after that. But um, anyway, so I'd say at that point, it was like a rededication (laughs) 
of my life to God and, you know, the mountaintop experience um, came back down the mountain and your life is still there. <laughs> um, yeah. But at this, this, this point I was, you know, I had a youth group I was going to every, every week and um, every Wednesday night and Sunday morning I was at church and I was determined to figure this out. And I think a lot of it, it I, I think a lot of it was that I, I thought he was a God just looking down and seeing what I would do next. Like, you know, like, um, like kind of works based, I guess, yeah. like, uh, okay, I can't screw this up now. Like I screwed it up already and I'm not doing it. again. And, um, obviously by your own strength, you can't do that. But, um, it was about this time that, um, my stepmother, I had told her, I had told my sister to come spend the night with me um, at my dad's house, you know, come, come hang out. And my stepmom told her that if she left, she would kill herself. Hmm. And, um, this is a threat that she's done before. Um, so I went and picked up my sister and, and left. Um, and she came to spend the night and the next morning we get a phone call. My sister gets a phone call from my stepmom's um, druggy boyfriend at that time, just screaming, saying that she's dead. Um, one, one of the worst days of my life where I'm holding my sister and, um, you know, she's crying and I'm calling my dad and just didn't know what to do, you know. And, you know, this person that I hated is gone. But um, this person I love so much is in so much pain because of it and, you know, how selfish, you know. On the um, death certificate, it says that she overdosed. But um, we all kind of had the, you know, knew the conclusion of of that, yeah. what what really went on, and so burying her though, I had so much hate pent up for that woman, mm. so much hate, so much damage and brokenness from that, and seeing her casket just start going down into the dirt, mm. um, I. I had all of this hate and anger and I realized that it didn't affect her at all. It was all like, she's in the dirt now. And that was all on me. And that was, it was just this pivotal moment in my life when I realized of the, the, the actual consequence of unforgiveness. Yeah. Um, that's not, God says, forgive for your own sake. Like, I, I, it was after that, I didn't know what to do with all of that. I didn't know what to do with all of, all of the pain and the, the, the hurt and the anger, the, the pure hatred. I can literally, I can like, it. It's, it's a genuine statement that I 100% hated that woman. Mm. Um, wow. 
and it had nowhere to go. Like that hate had nowhere to go. Um, and so I started getting awful, awful, straight up demonic dreams. Um, it was as if it was just, <laughs> it's as if the demons didn't know where to go. <laughs> That's what I, <laughs> not being theologically correct or anything, but that's, that's what it felt like. I was just surrounded by her demons. Um, wow. Um, I saw them. I, they were around me all the time. Um, they were in my dreams. I couldn't sleep. I heard them. Um, and this is, this is where it gets to the point of why. I mean, there's a lot of, of why, but this is a big why of me not saying this publicly. Like this is not, I didn't know what was happening because the church wouldn't even never talked about this. Yeah. Like the, I was at, like at that point, like I didn't know what was going on. So therefore furthering the, you are abnormal, Jess, there is something wrong with you. <laughs> you know, that, that lie of, um, God is a good God and um, he helps people except for me. Like mm. that, that was, he's not, he's not holding back these demons from me. Um, there must be, it's just Jess, like <laughs> she's in the corner, you know, I actually had a blog called girl in the corner at that point. <laughs> um, anyway, um, So that, I feel like I spiraled at that point. I started living a double life. I got into, um, that, that I also got the grades and got into um, Azusa Pacific University in Southern California. So yeah. If you don't know, it's fancy Christian college, fancy expensive Christian college. Um, worked my butt off in high school. It's beautiful. It sits, <laughs> sits across from the Pacific Ocean. Mm, up on a hill the, where all my friends went and I got in and I was you know that was the next chapter in my life I thought I'm, I'm this is this is where I get what I wanted like I get uh, like the Christian uh, uh, lifestyle basically like yeah. I get to be in the dorms I get to go to um, chapel with everybody and I get I, I like it's like a Christian life that that I um, always just wanted, like I wanted to escape. Like this is that was my escape. And hmm. my dad, obviously, on paper looked like he had a lot of money, but um, this was at the point where Cinda was. Oh shoot! My stepmother was still alive, and she um, um. She, she had more than half of his paycheck, so it looked like he had enough money for me to go to APU, but I, I wasn't able to. Hmm. And um, anyway, so it was after the battle fact that we realized um, I can't go, and so I'm stuck at a community college. Um, all my friends go off, and that's just another. Jess, you don't get that. No, not for you. Um, and. I started partying again. Well, that's the other thing is that like the friends that stayed behind, I started doing um, 
uh, youth, I was a youth leader um, for the junior high at the church that I was saved at. And, um, you know, I was getting close to that Christian lifestyle, but I was also partying on the weekends with all of these <laughs> leaders. Like, we, we, were, we were clubbing in L.A., like bar hopping on the weekends um, and having these ridiculous drunken parties at their houses. And it was, it was a double life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, you know, I ended up living, living with a boy, um, a guy that uh, was a youth leader with me and we started living together. And it was in, in my mind, I'm like, this is, this is okay because everybody else is doing it. Like everybody else in this church that has been raised Christian. Like I, it was at this church. It was hard to find any someone that was not raised Christian. Like I was abnormal in that way. Like I didn't know. You know, I did not know about the whole Samson's hair thing until a few years ago. Like there's just <laughs> these stories that people knew their whole lives and like. <laughs> Finding out Bible Bible stories, um, but yeah, that's so. Um, I ended up getting into. I, I needed an escape because um, you know when you're when you're saved, you can't stay like that. Um, yeah. And I needed I needed something new, and all my friends were gone anyway, and I needed to get away from these friends. So I went to a new church. Um, got highly, highly involved in that, um, met, <laughs> I met, you know, just gems of God. It's just so good. Like I was surrounded, um, with just amazing people. Um, but also like me escaping that church wasn't, um, facing anything. So I went into another relationship with another guy and just the same old, same old. And it was just. The same thing again, and I realized, oh, wait, this is me. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I got, I I was just like, you know, that's done is done. I am getting baptized. I am, and this is it. This is it for me. And um, I really leaned into this family that God surrounded me in. And um, this is a homeschooled, incredible family. Um, this, This woman is a saint, and she um, raised five, five children and they're all doing incredible careers now. And, um, anyway, my, one of them is still my very best friend and we talk all the time, but, um, she has seen me through it, man. Uh, I got baptized, um, left everything behind and this is the new me and, um, want that, that old, one of those old friends from that old church called me up and said, um, I'm dedicating my baby. She got pregnant and got married and dedicating my baby. And do you want to come to church to see the dedication? We'll go. So the plan was go to dinner that night and um, I'll spend the night at their house and go to church in the morning. And that night, her husband took advantage of me. Oh, no. And... It was, the police believe it was in the drink that they had for me. Um, She had gone to sleep and I was on the couch and I don't even know exactly what, like I 
I knew it was happening, but I was zonked. Like I was just, and so, um, when he went to sleep and I finally came to, I ran out of there and I was, it was like 2 AM in the morning. And I went, I, I was in the car screaming at God. Wow. How dare you? I just couldn't stop saying that. How dare you? That's all I really remember. And like, I was, I was road, like I, I was all over the road because I was still like messed up in the head. Like I was like, um, whatever it was in that drink. Um, and I showed up at one of my friend's doors and I had, they didn't know what was happening to me. It was so I, I'd say the most traumatic of that was afterwards. The, the most traumatic stuff that happened was that, um, I was like clawing at her, her door and my, my fingernails were all broken because I was clawing. Like I didn't know what else to do. And they, I couldn't talk. I was in a, like a traumatic state. Um, I, and I was shaking and they brought the, they, they, um, called the ambulance and had me go to the hospital and they did all the, the, the whole rape kit and all of that stuff. And I had to do all these interviews mm. and repeat it over and over and over again. And, um, that was, did you confront, was, did he get confronted? Um, because, because of the way of, it, of that it happened, um, there was no marks or anything on me. And so they couldn't prove it. They could just prove that, um, you know, he was there. He was, he, they got his DNA, but, and um, proved that was forced. And so they had, so they had to set up. So this is where, this is where it's all traumatic for and anybody that has ever gone through this. Um, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's, it's more traumatic. <laughs> the after, the after effect yeah. is more traumatic. It's, it's embarrassing to say. It's embarrassing to to have gone through. Um, like that's that's the feelings of it. Like mm-hmm. when it's not even my fault, and like I have to. This is something else I have to work through and say to people. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, and then and then with all the whole police thing, they had to um, catch him saying it. So I had to go to the police office, like, and there was two, like he was on recording and there was two, um, officers at a white, a whiteboard and telling me what to say to him, like writing it on. They're like leading leading you in the conversation. Yeah. Like I, I had, like, they did a whole hour of training with me beforehand and like, I had to talk to him again. Like I had to talk in order to get justice and like, what am I going to do? Like, what if he does this to somebody else? Like I have to, right. I have justice. And so, um, they, they tried and like he, he had to go. And so what happened, um, like it, it, it was not successful. And so what happened was that they brought the recording with me. They, they had me take the recording thing home and told me to turn it on when he called back. Cause he said he was going to call back. And, um, he called back and, um, I had this long stretch of a conversation that would have gotten him in there, would have, he, I mean, it was, it was in the conversation that 
they had enough proof and the recorder didn't work. Oh my goodness. Uh, so nothing ever happened to him. And actually on that conversation, he had said he went to church the next morning and said, and had asked God for forgiveness and he thinks everything's fine now. So, so he, it was one day for him of a mess up and he never thought about it again. Right. He was fine. Um, wow. so that was complete anger. Um, I got into, and I was so, <laughs> there's, there's, there's things that I talk about this season in my life. I don't, I never talked about why, um, that, that, that season was so dark for me. Um, but I had locked like my, I had, um, thank God, like this friend had, um, this family had an extra room for me because at that moment I was living on my aunt's couch. Um, I was what, 18, 17, 18, 18. I don't know. Um, I was on my aunt's couch because my dad had, um, remarried and, um, moved away and I needed to stay around my college and my friends. And <laughs> so I was living, living on my aunt and uncle's couch and out of my car, um, which is also very, another abnormal situation. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, but, um, so I was very angry with God and I shut myself in a room and I'm like, I threw the Bible, um, I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking that up one more time. Like, how dare you? Like, I was, um, I did all I could. Like, um, I watched all of the ghost shows that I could. And like, I, <laughs> I did all of these like things that I thought like, um, would make him angry. It was just really like a childish situation. And, um, I spent, um, months just rereading all of Harry Potter and just trying to like, oh like trying to, trying to just ignore my life. Like I just wanted to ignore everything. I got back into like dressing like goth and um, kind of like just a big old screw you to, to God. Um, but there was this church um, that was out of, out of town at my friend was going to and it was like this youth group thing on Wednesday like college group really it was a college group Wednesday nights and she was just like you should go with me and um she kept on saying that I'm like no 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 and but the thing is is that in this time that I was cooped up um ignoring God I had the very clear knowledge and um that he was there with me still like he wouldn't leave. <laughs> and there's this, um, I got really into, um, flyleaf in that moment. Because, you know what flyleaf is a band. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, the Christian band and they had just come out with this new album, but, um, and I just like listened to it over and over and over again. But one of it, one of the songs said, um, sitting closer than my pain, he knew each tear before it came and that was like, it angered me that he was there. Like, like I don't want anything to do with you and you need to leave. And he would not leave because hmm. I'm sealed. I was sealed since I was eight. Well, what a radical change, though, from being eight years old and longing to have what mm -hmm. you were hoping for, what you walked mm -hmm. down that aisle to 
to commit your life to. And now, you, you know, through all these circumstances, which are tragic and horrible and sinful that were inflicted upon you and that you experienced, mm-hmm. you don't want them around. Yeah. It's just crazy <laughs> to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not something I ever thought I would be at in this point, but um, because I was a victim of a crime, I, this is the, the booby prize, that you get a free psychologist. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice, except <laughs> the psychologist did not know Jesus. Of course but, not, um, yeah. But um, also, I guess y'all don't, I didn't say, but um, my passion um, was psychology. I was, again, in eighth grade, abnormal Jeff, carrying around these like in-depth, like um, uh, college-level books on psychology, <laughs> and that's, that's what I read in, at when I, at lunch. Like that's, <laughs> and I was just uh, sure I was going to be, um, I was going to pick my way out of this, heal myself with psychology, and become a psychologist and help other people yeah. through through what I went through. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was my goal. That was my whole goal in life, and um, I, so to go come to, and that was still my goal. I was, um, my major um, was going to be psychology, and but I didn't know how that was going to happen because <laughs> I was going to a dumb community college at that point, and um, so that's, you know, that's what I had in my, my head, you know, like right. I, can't, I, can't, I can't get to who, who I want to be if I don't go to APU. Um so uh, it was kind of like the jackpot for me, like in my in my mind, like I get to go to a real life psychologist. Like it was not just like a therapist, but like someone that's a doctor um, <laughs> that went through everything that I've wanted to go through to, to get to where I, I like I wanted to be her. You know, I had my car picked out of what I was going to spend with the money that I got as being a psychologist, <laughs> like a vision, vision board. Um <laughs> So I was super excited to to go and to have it for free because I could never afford it. My dad could never afford that, um, you know, because insurance doesn't pay for that. They only pay for right. <laughs> they still don't pay if for I, anything. <laughs> if I wanted to become a man, they would they would pay for it. right. Um, not not someone with problems like mine, and so um. It was it was a godsend in a sense that um, I was able to work through some really deep deeper issues, and she had said that too. Um, she said, "Like this is this is your prize. This is what you get. You get to go through everything that you went through in, in your childhood and face it and, and get through it." Like, and I did. It was there was a lot of work done um, with her, but um, just some things that happened. Like, uh, she was talking about, oh, um, at, at, like at one point during this, I did start going back to church to this youth group, not back to my other churches, but like to this youth group that was half an hour away because I didn't want to be around anybody where I was at. Like, um, and she, cause my friend was insistent, like, you need to go check this out. And so I went, um, and Anyway, so I, like, at one point had, like, a boyfriend from there, and, you know, I'm, you know, this is, this is the one that I'm going to be, um, 
cure with. <laughs> that was my, like, I am not messing this up. And um, anyway, so the psychologist was just like, oh, so you have a boyfriend. Like, I was talking about my new boyfriend, and she's just like, oh, okay, well, um, have you, you guys, have, have you guys had sex? I'm like, well, no, because <laughs> Christians don't do that until they're married. <laughs> and she's just like, well, you have to get back on the horse. That's what you have to do after, after a rape. Huh. You have to get oh, on the horse. And I'm like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> wow. So she said I, that. Uh, yeah. So I never went back hmm. after that. It's just not something I could get past. And I really, um, looking back and knowing what I know with, with this degree in psychology, like that was probably was not the best thing for her to say to a rape victim. Um, right. Anyway. <laughs> that, that's not part of it, y'all. Like, <laughs> if you're seriously just saying that, that's that's not part of it. Yeah. Um, that is not um, a protocol. <laughs> so, um, wow. God is absolutely incredible in this. Like, he, I started going to this church, and there was this pastor that just, um why it's why this this college group was so popular was this pastor was just incredible um but i had reached out to him and i said you know basically laid it out like i i messaged him on facebook <laughs> and i was just like hey this is this is what happened to me and i don't know where to go from here like mm. like i where to go from here and um it was so awesome he he set me up with a meeting with his wife and um you know like it was the first time someone had told me like hey make sure you're you're not um you're not living as a victim because you're victorious in christ and it's not something i it's just not it didn't occur to me mm. that um, I should even be looking at it like that. And anyway, it was just, it was profound. And I leaned into this church and um, it's just this crazy thing that happened. <laughs> he, he had this, he, the church had this deal with um, a Christian university um, and said, Hey, uh, we're giving scholarships away. <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, I mean, it wouldn't cover everything, but like whoever wants this opportunity, send this letter. And I sent the letter I got uh, and, you know, along with your, you know, high school diploma and um, your SAT, like you had to have everything SATs and which I did because I worked my butt off and in high school and um, and I got in and it was all online. So I could still um, because I wasn't. Like, I had to work. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have a, a, a parent that could pay for a dorm, or um, and I, I, I didn't have the ability for a parent to, because I was still under, like, like my dad's stuff. Like, I wasn't able to be like, hey, I don't have any money. Give me a full ride, you know? Um, so I had, I, I had to work full time, and um, I ended up, really loving this church and wanted to get away from my town where the guy still was and the front, like it's, mm. it's not a small, like you will see them like, um, 
around. Uh, so I was like, I need to get out of here. And so I found a room to rent through a friend, a, a girl that I didn't even really know at church. And um, it was a house in, um, anyway. So rented a room from there and worked full-time at a preschool. I just got this job as a preschool teacher um, because I had credits I, for the, from the community college. I was working my child development um, associate's degree and so because um, you needed those credits for college. And so I went, got that job, was working full-time, and then I joined this thing called, um, they called it basic training at the church where it's like, a, I think it's six weeks where it was like, hardcore you're at church pretty much most days at least three times a week um and you're serving yeah you you have like um like every every week or so you have you switch ministries and you you volunteer and it's a it was mega church and so like this was their like onboarding a volunteer like um uh yeah it was it was really intense you had to you had to memorize all of john 15 um and like you had to show up, you had to be there, you had to be on call. And it was just like, I was working full time and, and that was like full time. Like it was, it was really intense. Um, but I had thought like how perfect it would be <laughs> like, to, to get going into this and um, really um, not mess up. <laughs> and, um, but it was just incredible in this because I was just like, well, now I don't have my psychologist and what am I going to do? I'm like, I'm, I still have stuff to work through. And because I went to this Christian university now online, um, which it was, um, it's hope university. I don't know if it's smaller, um, but it was, I think I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, it's in Southern California. And so I was, I mean, I was, I had the ability to go to camp, campus, but I was like, it was, it was far for me. And so I, I wouldn't be able to do it because of my full-time job. And anyway, so I was still able to go because they offered me free therapy because I was a psych major. Nice. And so I got therapy for free and, <laughs> and from a Christian counselor, like it was just, so, oh, I got to stop you right there. How is your opinion of God going now? Like you, <laughs> you were pushing him away. You were going back. You're kind of it traversing. Was, it was more of a, um, like, uh, in from my perspective, like this is obviously not God's perspective, but it was more of like a when you like when you get back in a relationship with someone and you you guys don't trust each other yet. <laughs> I felt like, okay, well, I'm, 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 I'm taking steps towards you. You take steps towards me. Like, let's fix this together kind of thing. <laughs> we've got, we've got some stuff we need to work out. Jesus. <laughs> He's like, yes, you do. <laughs> it was like, it was, it was a difficult road in like trusting him, but also knowing like, okay, you're, you are in this, like, like you're making moves. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I got all like, seriously, I, I got all healed up. Like it was just, it was 
something I never thought would happen in my life. And I was living it up. I was single and um, had, at that point I had a better, well, better job, but um, it was a different, it was, it was a different job. And, um, and I, I just felt like I was finally at this point of like, just didn't need anybody except, except for God. Like I was, I was happy and um, content, I'd say. And I was, I was um, involved in church. Like after basic training, I got into decision counseling. Um, it's where after the pastor calls up, you know, anybody wants to be saved and they come to the stage and then they, you know, you need systems like this when you're in a mega church. Right. So they all, you know, they're all ushered into a room after that. And there I am. I take somebody like every, we're all decision counselors and we just take someone that comes in and like sit down with them and, and talk to them about their, their next steps and their faith and give them a Bible and get them plugged into hopefully basic training. That was our big deal. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, um, I, I had it. I've, I've, I feel like I finally arrived at that Christian life. I always thought I wanted, like I always thought I, I that it should look like, you know, um, and in that, in that time frame of basic training to decision counseling, um, well, basic training I joined. And then two weeks later, my husband joined, um, basic training. And, um, I mean, we could talk about that later, like, but he was a jerk and then I, I didn't like him. And then we ended up being decision, we ended up being decision counselors together. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I have to be in ministry with this guy. And, um, we ended up doing like a, a ministry. We were us leaders. I was a leader of the decision counselors. And so a few of us leaders got together every Monday night to start this new, like basic, basic Christianity 101 ministry. And so he was a leader too. So he had to be there. And um, anyway, so I met my husband, but so I didn't want anything to do with him. And it was like for a year, probably we were around each other. But he was like my first, my first encounter with him. He was mean to me, and <laughs> but it turned out okay. Just because we're here now, I'm just gonna say because it was because he was a new Christian and he he it was at a party. It was Super Bowl party for basic training, like no smoking, no 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 alcohol, no nothing, and it was like completely out of his element. Like he's like, what am I doing here? Um, and so he was a little short. And he doesn't remember. Um, <laughs> he doesn't remember that at all. Um, so, um, so anyway, I'm working around this guy for about I think it was about a year, and then um, uh, I didn't want any boy. I, I didn't. I was I was so set. Like I was like I could buy whatever I wanted, and you know, like it was it was it was such a sweet few months <laughs> because we started we started hanging out and, and dating and then um we were we were dating two months he asked me to marry him and then we were married two months later <laughs> months total i'm like so if you're single just just get confident and, and independent and loving life and then <laughs> Um, so, um, 
I'd say like it's hard for because it's. I also feel this is in. I'll keep saying that abnormal word that um, there were so many testimonies that I heard from people that like, oh, um, one day I I became a believer and everything was different and I changed and I was different and that didn't happen for me. It was mm. a very long, slow, horrible crawl. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, I don't, that, that, that's different, but I felt like that was, I don't know if you, if you resonate with that at all or because like, I, I mean, I wasn't raised Christian and I like had to like crawl myself into this lifestyle. Yeah. It reminds me, I mean, I don't identify with that personally because I had a really radical salvation experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like Acts chapter nine type of thing with with the apostle paul but what what reminded me what the scripture that popped in my head when you were saying like it was a long horrible crawl was just that um the lord is my shepherd you know and i just think about this meandering flock of sheep kind of going around and they're going at their own pace and the shepherd just kind of goes at the right pace for them and I just think about all the things that you had to endure from the verbal abuse to the, you know, you know, from your stepmom and then the trauma of her, what she did to herself. And then, and then the rape and just all, you know, your, your family life was just exploded. There was no like strong foundation and you were a lot, a lot of, it sounds like a lot, you were just making decisions on your own. You were just doing things on your own. And I just see the hand of God just graciously over you, even though these things were happening, they were terrible, and he knew your heart and how they were going to twist you up. But he also, you know, had a plan to bring glory out of it. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but... Definitely, yeah. I mean, you, a... you went through a lot. Like, yeah. that's a lot of trauma. And... I mean, the fact that you're sitting here today and you're still and you, you like you're married, you have children, you're you know you're you have ministry for the Lord, mm-hmm. and yeah. what a testimony of God's faithfulness, you know. That's it. Uh, when when I first had um, you know the idea of coming on to a podcast called All Out War, I just had to chuckle because that's had. That had always been my, like, this is just an all-out war, like, my whole life. Like, it, it's just been a constant up, uphill fight, just a battle of... Yeah. Like, there's so many times throughout this whole timeline, and, you know, I'm not even saying all of it, but, like, the gist of it here, but there's so many ways this could have gone. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's this song that... um yeah, people are kind of probably going to come after me. This person sings it because I don't actually know who sings it, but it's like the, the look where I'm look where I'm standing now. Like um, it's a it's a Christian song that's popular right now. But it's look where I'm standing now, and um, it just takes my breath away. Like every mm-hmm. single time I hear that, because it's like this this literally could have gone so many different ways, and Satan had his claws in me. Yeah. It was just like I, there's so many times in my life I could have died, <laughs> like mm-hmm. like like by by myself or like there's been a few like pretty harsh car accidents like, um, 
like even like I was I was born emergency C-section because I couldn't breathe. Like there's just like <laughs> it's constant. <laughs> I was in a tornado four years ago, y'all. Like. <laughs> Well, you know what else I think about too, Jess, is that you, you know, the work of God in the life of a believer, it, it always has opposition. Like when you were talking about war, it's war. It, we really don't understand the war until you get into the light and in, until you really are saved. Mm-hmm. And you realize, man, a lot of what was going on in your life was from that eight-year-old confession of faith. God put his hand on you and he sealed you, like you said, and everything within with the enemy did not want to see you take your place that you know as an adopted child of god and really receive the truth of who your identity is in in christ and that you're not a forgotten person that you are marked by god and uh, literally when you were eight he already knew the things he wanted to do with you and through your life um but the enemy obviously is trying to stop all those things. He he does it in all of our lives, right? Anyone who wants, you know, anyone who's on the side of truth will face persecution, right? <laughs> and even if you don't realize you're on the side of truth, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes you're getting it and you don't, you're just collateral damage. But at the same time, I see it. Like I just, I'm not, you know, a prophet or don't claim to be, don't want to be. But I would say that it sounds like to me from everything you're telling me that it seems like that the enemy was really trying to put put a lot of roadblocks in front of you to keep you from really living that surrendered life. I mean, I don't know how the spirit realm works in the terms of what they can see, but I know that the Bible tells us that we're a light, right? He -hmm. says that we're a light, we shine in darkness, and obviously, you know, and John tells us too, you know, the light came into the to the world and darkness couldn't overcome it when the person saved we're we're a light and at eight years old your candle got lit <laughs> you got lit <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and that's that's part of like the, the big reason like i there's so many like parts on this timeline you could go you could have gone back and said jess she's not a christian like so many times you could have like you get this one glimpse of one of these areas that I uh, that I had a really dark season or just um really rebelled against God and you could you could look at her look at me and be like she didn't have any fruit she's not Christian right and that's it's so popular (laughs) right now for people to try to determine that um somebody's salvation and because of because of the fruit, because of the fruit, I, I hear that constantly. I just want to, like, <laughs> you don't even know somebody's road to sanctification. Like, you don't know. Well, they just like, they just need to crack their Bible because um, every key player had huge huge issues. Yeah. I mean, every key player. Moses murdered someone. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. David, same thing. Plotted murder, had adulterous affair. Um, mm-hmm. Peter denied Christ three times, you know, um, Thomas doubted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you know the story of Thomas, he, he went on to be, like, his martyrdom was insane, the way that he died for Christ. Like, this dude gave his life for Jesus, and then he was like, he's, or not, um, was it Tom? Yeah, Th- Thomas, doubting Thomas, like, that's the nickname that we remember him by, but yet he gave his life for Christ. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't let the the end of the story is not written yet. Right. Yeah. And like you don't you can you can you can see a person and and judge the fruits and say and see like, hey, you know what? I'm probably not going to get advice from this person right now. But you, <laughs> you have absolutely no room to judge their salvation. You don't know, right? That's a, like, um, if they say they're Christian, act accordingly. Yeah. Give, um, uphold them in the word. Hold yeah. them accountable. See if they need something. Like, <laughs> right, right, yeah. And, you talk about like the people in in the Bible and the people that have messed up in the Bible, and that's that's really all I had to to like hold on to because churches don't talk about my kinds of story, like right. I, at least the ones I was going to. Like I didn't know, um, I was I felt like I was figuring it out by myself all the time, and like you know with a few, few key friends that the Lord blessed me with that. Um, it was, I related most to scripture and not churches. Like, um, <laughs> cause these people like, Oh yeah, they messed up too. Okay. They messed up. Like he messed up too. And, um, I was able to, and that's what like the word got me through. Like the straight word was just like my guiding light like that. Yeah. Amen. Now I kind of more relate to uh, Ezekiel, which I don't ever thought I would. <laughs> Just doing crazy things to warn people of coming. <laughs> well, you've got plenty of dung on your uh, farm over there, so you could <laughs> make a fire and bake some cookies. And <laughs> I'm the crazy person warning everybody. <laughs> No, well that's and that's the call of the church too. You know, mm-hmm. we're called to we're called to share. That's the that's the commission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um yeah, and I'm just telling you uh, hearing your story uh, there's so many things that are just like in like just one of those things to pick out to go through would be really bad and hard. I don't blame you for being like god, how dare you, you know, mm-hmm. and tossing your Bible and believe me, I've been, I've been there before and like, what in the world are you doing? Why is, why are you letting these things happen? And I think, I think we need to go through those times. I think we need to, we need to actually ask God that question honestly, because if you don't, you're just pretending. I really Mm -hmm. believe that. And, and I think you need to gut honestly say that to God so that he can honestly answer that back and show you in time what he is doing or what he was, what he was doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But man, I'm, I'm blessed by your testimony. That's a crazy. Um, <laughs> and to think that you thought you were invisible is um, like, I can see why that would be the lie that the enemy mm-hmm. would want to say, because how God is using you now. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. On Instagram. And then your the Bible timeline and then the other things that you're working on, I just think that um, they're anything but invisible. Yeah. And uh, that's what the enemy wants you to do is just become invisible. <laughs> yeah. And just to say to that, like, that's what, like, the, the whole line, look where I'm standing now. Like, I, I like, old me, any any part of, like, my, my history, me, even up until, like, four years ago, would absolutely cringe if they saw what I was doing right now. Like, <laughs> You're talking to people like 
online, like about the Bible. <laughs> You're willingly going on a podcast for for anybody to just listen to it. Um, this is not like the person I ever was. Like I was always very introverted, always very like, don't look at me, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, in this in that sense, I hope nobody looks at me still. Like I'm always telling people, go to your Bible. Like don't <laughs> don't just agree with me. Like go measure it to scripture. But. Um, but yeah, that's a, I, it's still a common theme, um, even in my adult life of like it, in, it, we, we lived in Oregon for, for a few years and I was kind of surrounded by um, a, a unique group of individuals that were like very influential and um, in the Christian realm and um, which, I mean, the majority are incredible, but I got to see like the behind the scenes of, of the people that um, everybody thinks they're incredible and not, and they're Christian and they're sharing all of the things. And it's like, and I was, you know, I had my own little meek little, I've always loved to write. And, you know, I, um, uh, being a stay at home mom, I'm like, I'm just going to have an outlet of a blog. And, you know, my mom and my husband read it. (laughs) it (laughs) Nothing ever influential. I was, um, but anyway, so I had I had always thought like like why do just seeing behind the scenes is some stuff and even now like um um being more have a more of a sphere of influence I'll say on Instagram and seeing the behind the scenes of some other people that people like Christians that people share constantly like I've seen the behind the scenes and it's not pretty yeah. on a lot of them and there's there's times that I'm just like, um, there have been times I won't say that now, but like, I, I, I'm like, why, why did you get to give them a microphone? God, like, what, what is this for? Like, um, and it's, it was really hard for me to process. Like that was the, the whole, like it was only up until this past year that my account grew and I'm, I'm talking more and more about Bible Bible prophecy, but I worked really hard on my Instagram for years and, <laughs> and it never grew. <laughs> so I'm like, what, it was just another, like, what am I doing wrong? You know? And, um, turns out I just, I, I needed to talk about Bible prophecy. That's what, oh my God. What to talk about? <laughs> well, and, I can tell you, I just, two things I do want to say. One is you're in good company, especially with me and, you know, when Rosie, whenever he comes back, if, if he ever comes back, which I think he will, but you are in good company in terms of the background and your history and like, you're like, what in the world? And this whole like sketchy, like you would call it sketchy or other Christians, you know, proper Christians might call it sketchy or whatever. You're in great, you're in great company. Because we, that's our story. That's our thing. And being real is all is what it's really about. It's it. It really doesn't matter how veneer, what kind of veneer we put on it, you know. And mm-hmm. it looks so good, but then on the outside, you know, on the inside, it's just not working well. There's yeah. no, there's no point in that, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what really draw me, drew me to your y'all's podcast. Like you're like I wasn't a podcast listener, and my friend 
told me to listen to a few and like, you're someone like I listened to a few and like, you're someone I, I grabbed onto. I'm like, okay, I can listen to these guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was, I need the, the real, the real and the raw, like people talking about being messy and like, Hey, you know what? I, I screwed up. That was really prideful. Like I, like it, like say it honestly, like say things honestly and say the things that, that people are struggling with. Like the whole, like you and Rosie know, I, I kind of dived a little deeper with y'all about the demonic stuff, but I'm like, that was, I was never anything I ever got help with because no one wants, it's, it's not the squeaky clean Christian looking lifestyle. Like it's, (laughs) it's messy. And I really feel like Jesus was in the messy. He wasn't in, Speaky clean, look at me, Christian lifestyle. <laughs> yes, yes, and thank God he was because I don't know if I would be qualified to get saved otherwise. <laughs> yeah. You know, a, for anyone listening like that, I through all of this, there was a lot of um, stuff that I didn't dive into, but in a lot of the story was a lot of church hurt. A lot of leaders did not do well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with me and in, in helping someone like me. And um, I hope if you get this from the story that like you will, like humans, humans are humans and they run churches, but that's not God. And God is still with you. He still wants you to gather with them, no matter how imperfect they are and open up your Bible and, and read it for what it is like, and he will absolutely guide you. And maybe you're the one that like, keep going to church and I mean, find a solid one, but, but even in that, it's not going to be perfect, but keep going. And if you have the messy story, the, the, the story that nobody really ever talks about, like be the voice with it there, bring it to light. Yeah. There's more. Someone else is struggling. That's right. Don't say there's more people than you realize that are actually in that same position mm-hmm. that would benefit they're just yeah. they're just kind of holding it together to mm-hmm. to look a certain way <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll say i i've been through a bunch of churches i've like southern california moving to oregon and then here tennessee and it's like i i, I kept showing up even if it hurt um mm. i get a lot of messages of like oh church hurt and I, I can't ever go back to church just find a different one yeah yeah like, there's plenty and God will lead you like I I prayed and prayed <laughs> he finally led us to a solid church here in Tennessee and he is so faithful to do so and he will do that for you too yeah yeah I agree church hurts some of the worst hurt you know mm-hmm. and it's painful and and God and the enemy knows it and so obviously he's going to try and exploit it and but, yeah, as someone who served on the leadership side of churches, like I was a pastor for many, many years in a church, and I was also uh, someone who was had, has some real church hurt. Um, I I know that I probably didn't do it well as a leader. I probably there's probably people that are hurt, you know, because of the way I led. You know, um, I'm not asking you to reach out to me or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose, if that helps. <laughs> oh, man. 
there, there's another question that people like, they want to know how I was raised. Um, because it will be like that aha moment of, oh, that's why Jess believes in this um, theology or eschatology because she was raised that way. Right. So, oh, y'all have no excuse of why I am a pre-trib dispensationalist. <laughs> 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 yeah. I found that in the Bible by myself they, with God. That's awesome. <laughs> See, if you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit will teach you, and that's all, good. It all works out. <laughs> Man. Well, this has been awesome, Jess, and I really hope that the listeners that are, heard this and that are anyone that's listening to this right now, that um, you, it, it blesses you and you realize that, yeah, um, normal people, lots of real life issues, and um, but a good God who's gracious and faithful. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I hope also, too, that this gives people a chance to get to know you so that as we move forward, they'll connect with you better and know where you're coming from. Uh, that's really important, you know? Yeah. And, um, man, I don't even know where to go from this. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for letting me say all of that. My first time ever saying it publicly. I hope that it helps somebody out there. Yeah. And just reach out to her on her Instagram. If, uh, if you have questions, <laughs> yeah, I'm always out there. <laughs> yeah. And if you reach out to us on All Out War, um, I can direct them towards her, too. That's fine. I know she probably gets a ton of messages, so. <laughs> Man. Well, this has been awesome. I'm about to lose my voice for some reason, so <clears throat> we should probably sign out from here. But uh, we'll be, we're will be going to continue to record, guys, and uh, pretty soon we will be in our new studios, or I will be in our new studios, and uh, we're going to get Jess a new microphone soon, so things are going to get better. But we really appreciate all of our listeners hanging out with us and hanging in there. And we're excited about this new season. Pray for us as we move forward. We're excited about things. And uh, Jess, I'm excited to have you on. So it's going to be cool. All right. Well, everybody, we'll catch you next time on All Out War. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.